All right. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Barefoot Church. I'm Pastor Steve, and it's a beautiful day here. I, I pray that it is where you are also. Uh, today, special day, Resurrection Day. Uh, the last uh, many weeks, we've been talking about the meeting of Jesus after resurrection with various people. Um, people meeting him at the tomb, uh, people meeting him in other settings, at a house, um, at a large occasion. And, and those, those have given us a, a, a hint of what happened uh, at resurrection and, and immediately following, and then for the next 40 days that Jesus was with us on earth. And today, I, I want to talk about a message about why the resurrection, uh, about why it was necessary, and, and what that means for our life. And we're going to get that message from one uh, apostle who considers himself an apostle by the name of Paul. This is the uh, writer Paul. He wrote many of the letters in the New Testament. And um, Paul considers himself as one who has been uh, receiving the grace of God. Uh, grace. Um, the word grace uh, in Greek is, is charis. And we get the, the name charismatic from that, charisma. Uh, charisma or, or charismatic is the grace gift, the grace gift. And Paul, in, in the part of the uh, text uh, from the Bible this morning, talks about the gift, uh, the grace that he's received. And he talks about it as, as unmerited favor. In other words, God gave a blessing to Paul. God gives blessings to us that we don't deserve, that we have the breath every morning, uh, our heartbeats. Plus, we have beautiful days, and we have children, we have grandchildren, we have special occasions of love that's given as a gift, it's given as something that's, that we don't earn. It's given to us uh, as a gift, as charisma, or as a grace gift from God, a gift from God. And so Paul talks about that grace. He also talks about God being generous, that God just doesn't give us a little bit, he gives us in abundance. Just like God loved us so much that he sent his only son, Jesus, that Jesus' death gives us life. You know, all these things that are given to us as grace in generosity that gives us living water, that gives us the bread of life, that gives us the, the way, the future, uh, the, 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 the eternal life that we have because of this grace of God, because of this generosity of God. Uh, and, and the father with, with his son. And then the gift that God gives us, the promised gift of Holy Spirit in our lives. So all these things now come together in resurrection. All these things come together in this time period of, of our celebration of resurrection. So what we'll be reading from is, is the book of 1 Corinthians. And, and 1 Corinthians is a letter that Paul wrote to the church, to the believers at Corinth. And it's, it's a very uh, interesting uh, part that he does here in, in chapter 15. So we'll be looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verses 1 through 11. So let's, let's begin here. So 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15, Paul starts like this. Friends, let me go over the message with you one final time. So Paul has told the story, this, this message, and, and the word message here, uh, which is translated message, is a Greek word that means gospel 
word, the good news. The word gospel means good news. So Paul says, let me tell you the good news. Let me tell you the gospel one final time. So Paul is writing to the believers here at Corinth, at the church at Corinth, and he's saying, you know what? I need to give you again the good news. I need to tell you again, remind you again of the message, of the good news, uh, of the gospel. And so that's how Paul starts this, this chapter. Uh, friends, I'm going to tell you one more time. I'm going to tell you the final time, the message, the good news. And here it is. Uh, I want you to know that this message is good news, this gospel I'm proclaiming now. I've told you before. I have given you this message before. And, and you, you accepted that message and you took it on to yourself. You said, yes, that's the message that I need to hear. That's the message. That's the good news I want in my life. And so Paul says, I told you this before. I proclaimed it. I preached it to you before. You accepted it as yours. And then he continues. It's this message. It's this good news that you took your stand. In other words, you believed it and you took a stand on that message. You believed the good news and you took a stand. You took you took a position that this is the message I want to hear. This is the message. This is the good news that I need for my life. And this is the message by which you are being saved. So Paul says, I, I preach it. You accept it into your life. You stood on it. You used it as your solid rock. And, and you are being saved because of this good news. Now, then Paul has a little parenthetical comment here. He says, now, I'm assuming that you were really meaning this. I'm assuming that you actually took this belief and you put it in your life. Instead of just pretending, instead of a passing fancy, I, I trust that you took this onto your life and you meant it. Now, one of the things we need to hear from Paul is that he has seen the church at Corinth where people said, yes, I believe, and then they drifted away or they were pretending. They were, they were just making a fancy, full proclamation of their life. And many times, you know, we, we see someone who, who says, yes, I'm a Christian, and, and there's question. Paul say, I don't want to see a question. I don't want to have a question about your faith, about your belief. I want you to stand on the solid rock. I want you to grasp this and pull it into your life as something you stand on, something you actually believe, not a fancy, not a part-time thing, not something that you, you're putting just on as, as a fake. And so Paul starts his message here in, in the 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians in this way, that I'm going to give you one final word. I'm going to give you one final word of the good news. And it's the same word I, I gave you before, and you grasp onto it, and, I, and I'm assuming you meant it, but not, not this fanciful passion just for a one-time deal or just for show. But I trust, says Paul, that this is for good. This is for good. And you actually are holding on for dear life. You're holding on fast that cannot be changed. And then Paul continues. Now, the first thing I did was I placed before you, I gave you, I proclaimed, I preached to you that which was placed in my life so emphatically. It was given to me that the Messiah, number one, the Messiah, the Christ, Jesus, died. That's number one. And the reason he died, says Paul, was for our sins. 
So Paul says, you know, I, I told you this before, and I, and I told you the very same thing that I learned, that I took into my life, and that is, number one, that Christ, Jesus, died. And he died for our sin. Now, what Paul is referring to here is, is if you want the technical word, is substitutionary atonement. Atonement, if we break it down, means at one moment. The understanding that is in the garden, we were separated from God because of our sin. But now, because of Jesus, because of the Messiah dying, we have at one moment. We're back in relationship, face to face with God. No longer are we separated, but we're now at one. We are face to face with God. And substitutionary means that instead of us having to be dead forever, instead of us having to live with our sin forever, Jesus made a substitute for us. Jesus took our sin on himself and died, was killed because of us. Jesus died because of our sin, that we don't have to live with our sin. Jesus took it all. And that's exactly what Paul's saying here, that the Messiah, Jesus, the Christ, died for our sin. He took it on to himself that we don't have to. He took it away. He freed us up. He gave us new life. Exactly, says Paul, as the scripture tells it. Now, again, Paul's not talking about New Testament here. Paul's talking, when he talks about scripture, he's talking about Old Testament writings. And if you go back in the various books of Old Testament, you find this understanding of substitutionary atonement. You find this sin having to be relieved by something special called sacrifice. You find this understanding that God has broken relationship with us because of the fall in the garden. And there is a something special happening here that we have to have happen in order to be back in relationship with God. And that something special that happened is the death of the Christ, the death of the Messiah, the death of Jesus. Why? For us, for our sin, for us. And then Paul continues that he was buried. Jesus, that death, was dead. And he was buried. He was put in a grave. And that he was raised from the grave on the third day. He was raised from death on third day. He is alive. He is alive. He is alive. Again, exactly as scripture says. So Paul said, you know, he was killed for our sin. He was buried for our sin and dead. And now he's alive for us. Just as scripture said he would be. And then Paul continues. I, I want you to know, says Paul, that Jesus, after his resurrection, Jesus, after his being alive again, presented himself to six other situations, to six other settings. So after resurrection, Jesus appeared to six other areas after his resurrection, after he was alive again. He presented himself to Peter, to Simon Peter, and then he presented himself to his closest followers, the other believers. Later, he presented himself to over 500 people, followers, believers, 500 at one time that were all at the same place. And Paul says, most of those people, most of those 500 are still alive. They can testify to what happened, and Jesus was with them. 
Some have died, but most are still alive of the 500. And then Jesus spent time with James personally. And then Jesus spent time with the rest of those and he commissioned them to represent him. They told him, go and represent me to all the world here and there and friends and neighbors and then everyone on the earth that you proclaim me, says Jesus to the rest of those believers. And then he finally, says Paul, presented himself to me, Paul, on the road. To, what he's referring to here is on the road to Damascus when Paul became blind. And when Jesus said to him, Paul, why are you persecuting me? Why are you coming after me? Why are you trying to kill my church? Why are you attacking the believers? And Paul became blind and stayed blind until he went and heard the word about Jesus, about why, about why his death, why his life risen, and what that means for us with good news, with gospel. Now, Paul continues. He says, now, it's not fitting that um, I, I belong with the inner circle of believers. I'm, I'm not an apostle, says Paul. Even though I saw Jesus, I'm not an apostle. In fact, I, I sort of bring up the rear of things. I, I sort of am the very last because Jesus included me as having visited me personally. And, and, and I really don't deserve it because I spent all those days seeking out the ecclesia to destroy. Paul says, I, I used to be with the, with the Sanhedrin, with the Pharisees. I used to be with the temple. And, and I was my job was to find those believers and to destroy them, to find the ecclesia, to find all the churches and to destroy those churches. So Paul says, I, I really don't belong here. I, I, I really shouldn't be here. But I met Jesus. He told me to go and to have the, my eyes opened and to believe. And I did. I did. And it is because of God's grace, says Paul. It's because of God's generousness and this kindness to me. It's because of the grace of God, the favor of God, the caress of God, that I am what I am. In other words, Paul says, you know, this is my background. But at the same time, I have met Jesus. And at the same time, I recognize God's grace to me. I recognize that here I am, just as I am. Jesus died for me. He was raised for me. And I accept the grace. I accept the favor of God in my life. That I have a task to do. And Paul says, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to let this grace go to waste. I'm not going to make God's grace to my life void. I'm going to continue. I'm going to continue working. I'm going to do an abundance because I have so much to make up for of my life. I want to please God. I want to be in abundance in proclaiming and teaching and preaching. Paul says, I must witness. I must go about working hard every day. I have to work harder than anyone else. I have to make it work. I have to acknowledge God's presence in my life. I have to acknowledge his grace, his death, his resurrection, and his presence in my life by Holy Spirit. God sent, said, uh, Paul, I want you to do this for me. And, I, and Paul says, yep, I'm going to. And Paul says, I, I'm still working. And I'm going to continue working because I owe it to Jesus. I owe this amount of work 
because of proclaiming Jesus's name and the good news, the gospel, the death, the burial, the resurrection, the gospel, the good news. And then Paul says, but really, it's not me doing the good work. It's not me doing the work at all. It's because God has given me grace to do the work. God has given me work to do, and he's given me the grace, the favor, the gift to do that work for him. And then Paul says, not only do I have the grace and God giving me this work and opening the doors, but I have the energy because of God. I have the energy. I have the, the get up and go because of Jesus in my life. I have the want, the thirst, the, the hunger to spread the news, to give the gospel to others, to give the good news to others, the proclamation, the preaching to others. And, I, and, and God gives me that energy. God gives me that appetite that I want to do this. Now, then Paul makes an interesting statement here. Paul says, you know, I want you to know, believers, that it doesn't make any difference about where you heard the word. It doesn't make any difference where you heard the gospel, the good news. Whether you heard it from me, from Paul, or whether you heard it from someone else, it doesn't make any difference. As long as you understand the gospel, as long as you understand the good news, and that you become a believer, that you believe, that you believe, that you believe the gospel, the good news, you believe the Easter resurrection, you believe the new life that's available, eternal life that's available, because of what happened with Jesus after his death and his burial, the new life, because every one of us has that new life available. Every one of us has eternal life available because of Christ, because of Messiah, because of Jesus. So Paul says, I don't care where you learned it. I don't care who you heard it from. I, I don't care. But if you heard it, the gospel, if you heard it, the good news, if you heard it and believe it, that's what's important, that you believe, that you hold on to, that you accept a solid rock under your feet, that you stand up, that you proclaim, that you are commissioned to tell others, that you share the charis, you share the grace, you share the good news, the love that God has given you with someone else, with others around you, to encourage, to lift up, to proclaim the good news, the truth, the God's truth that he entrusted in your life that you can give to others, that you can share with others, that you can proclaim to others, to hold on, to stand on, to have it really important in your life, to recognize the grace that God has given to you, the grace that God has given to us in Ecclesia, in our personal life, that God has shared, God has given, God has freely given you in abundance this love, this charis, this grace, this generosity, this kindness that we can show others. And that's the good news. That's the gospel that Paul wants us to remember from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. That this is what Easter is about. And Paul says, this is good news. This is gospel. This is the message that I want to give to you that I want to share with you that you treasure, that you hold on, that you grab onto in your real honest life and that you share with others. And that's the nature of this day. That's the nature of this day.
We recognize our gift from God. We recognize the grace that we take on into our own lives, that we truly become believers, that we share, that we acknowledge, that we proclaim to others, each other and others. That is what Easter is about. That's what Resurrection Day celebration is all about. Let us pray. God, we praise you for entering our world in human form with your son. Father, we thank you for the grace that you give, for the love that you showed us beyond all understanding, for the abundance of grace, for the abundance of love that you shower upon us. Lord, for presence of Holy Spirit in our life, who dwells within, who quickens us, who brings to mind those things that you taught us in your son, Jesus. Lord, help us welcome to stand on solid rock. Help us to welcome, Lord, the way, the path, the truth. Lord, help us recognize the flowing water within us, the light that is in our life. Lord, the bread that you give us for our daily bread. Lord, thank you for your son. Thank you for the celebration time. And Lord, for the commission that you give us, go and tell others, go and proclaim the good news, the gospel. Ah, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing now in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, God bless you all. Love you.